Welcome back to episode 18 of the One Out of One podcast. Today we're going to cover such topics as CNN bringing back Mr. Plays With Himself on camera, Jeffrey Tubin. Also, we discuss why the question of evil is not the most important apologetics question. Today's show is brought to you by nobody. Because, as was stated in the beautiful film, The Exorcist, I am no one. I am no one. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to CPN News. I'm your host for the hour, Casey Cuomo. And our first story for the day, House Republicans are again insisting that the Democrat Party has been sexualizing children and the overall culture of the United States of America. Now, not only can we say, you know, as an objective journalist, that this is objectively false, but we can also look at the right and we can find all of these instances where it was actually the Republicans that have been consistently pushing a more sexualized culture. For example, our most recent president before Lord and Savior Joe Biden, Donald Trump, was very sexually promiscuous. We look back a little bit further, and we see that the show South Park is constantly praising sexual immorality, regardless of the lesson that's presented at the end. We look back even further, and we see a lot of the Hollywood people. For example, Humphrey Bogart. Many of the others tend to be more right-leaning in comparison to today, and yet they were the ones who were pushing this sexualized content and living very promiscuous lives. So next time someone tells you that the left is pushing a sexualized culture, you can look them square in the eye and say, ha, stupid. In our second story for the day, we'd like to provide you some encouragement. Uh, we have been receiving reports for a while that interest in getting vaccinated has been going down over the past few months. And while this has been a startling trend, we've decided instead of just trying to give you the same old facts over and over, we would give you a success story from one of the companies that holds these vaccinations. Today, we're going to talk to you about Pfizer. Now, I know a lot of you out here listening, a lot of you racist Trump supporters, not too certain about getting the vaccine. And for your sakes, I'd say, go ahead and die. But I don't want you to be killing our precious Democrat grandmothers. So I encourage you to get the vaccine and we'll find some other way to kill you. But however, it's important for us to cover other reasons why you can trust the vaccine and why you can trust the company. Now, Pfizer has been in a lot of legal problems over the years. And yes, they are the company that has the most lawsuits against them in the history of the world. However, they have some incredible success stories as well. Pfizer owns the drug Viagra. Now, if that doesn't already make you feel more secure about why we can trust their vaccine, I've got a success story to share with you. We asked a couple of our listeners to send in some success stories that they've had with Viagra in the past so that we can help give you guys some more certainty about why we can at least trust Pfizer and their vaccine. Hi, Casey. So a couple of years ago, Grandpa was feeling cranky and sad. Uh, we noticed that he wasn't exactly as excited watching the television as he used to be. And he kept repeating, I just want it over. I just want it over. Well, then, a couple of days later, we heard that he had ordered himself Viagra. 
He had gone to the doctor, his doctor suggested it, and all of a sudden, we noticed some changes. We noticed that he started complaining that the zipper on his pants was scratching him. Then we noticed doing his laundry that the crotch on all of his pants were stretched out. And then there was one particular time we found him in very good spirits. When we were picking him up, we got a call that he needed a ride home from a swingers club. Needless to say, Grandpa has been in a much better mood recently, and we can't thank Viagra enough. So you see right there, one of many stories, we've got so many stories of all of these people who've had success and life change by switching to Viagra. And you can too. You can trust groups like Pfizer because they gave your grandpa a... I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to say that on air. We're going to move on to our next story. Uh, all of this talk is a good segue into um, the returning of CPN's star, Jeffrey Tubin, after being caught, shall we say, dillying his dally on a company Zoom call. Jeffrey, uh, how are you doing, sir? Good morning, Casey. I'm doing all right. Uh, you've been gone for a while. Uh, what did you do while you were gone? Well, you see, I did a lot of uh, self-reflection. I had a lot of alone time and a lot of miserable alone time. And um, yeah, I just... It was a big time of reflection for me to become, you know, a better man and whatnot. Jeffrey, I've, I've got to ask. Please keep your hands where I can see them. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, is there anything that you would like to say to the public regarding this this incident that came up? I mean, this was a pretty shocking thing that happened. Well, I, you know, I wasn't really thinking. And I, it's completely indefensible what I did. I, you know, I've been miserable and I've, I'm trying to be a better man. And it's, it's taking me a lot of work, but... I know who I am, and I, I, I know better than to uh, think of all of these beautiful women on our, our our program, and you know, to be pleasuring myself. in in the meantime, hands up, Jeffrey. I'm, I'm sorry. Now, I do have a move, a few more questions for you. Actually, I, I've I've accidentally double booked myself, and um, I, I need to get ready for my next interview. I'm uh, I'm going on with. Uh, Three of our CPN women in, in, in five minutes. Oh, uh, by all means, I mean, go go put on some pants and get ready, Jeffrey Tubin. Jeffrey Tubin, ladies and gentlemen. So um, we now move to a breaking news segment that we are just now hearing about. Thousands upon thousands of 14 to 22-year-old men and boys are lined up to get vaccinated. And funny enough, they are all quoting this very show, today's episode, as being the reason that they want to get vaccinated. We move now to an interview with a, uh, a 14-year-old boy to tell us about why he is in line today. I was listening to Casey Cuomo's show earlier, and I, I don't know, he was talking about the vaccine and, like, how these Pfizer people did with Viagra. And I was, it just made sense. And I was like, yeah, I think I want to get vaccinated too. I, I actually would like to get 10 vaccines. I, if they'll let me, I will get 10 vaccines because I, I trust Pfizer too. Look at all those little patriots. We are proud of you too. That's all that we have for this hour. I am Casey Cuomo here for CPN News. It would probably be important to include I'm not anti-vax, 
I just find it hysterical that Pfizer owns Viagra. So yeah. Well, after having a little bit of fun, time to get a little bit more serious, as we always do in the second half of this podcast. Uh, let me guys know if you enjoyed that. Um, you know, I, I, I want to be able to do things that I enjoy, but I also want to do things that you guys want to listen to. So really, honesty goes a long ways. Um, let me know if you laughed. Let me know if you didn't. Let me know if you think, obviously there's improvements, but just, just communicate with me, people. I'm lonely. So today I want to talk about a conversation that I had with, and yes, I know, go ahead and roll your eyes, an online group about apologetics and philosophy. Now, I'm in a couple of these groups because I like to see where people tend to be at. And yes, these are the vocal people. You know, some of them are not, quote, real people who have real conversations, but still it helps to be exposed to new ideas. Well, I was I was scrolling through and I ran across an image and I thought it was an interesting image. It was an it, it was a conversation. It's as most quote, apologetics and philosophy uh, groups are, they're closer to anti-God than they are pro-apologetics. So they showed a graph and it was, it, it was a, you know, a scene by scene, a what if scenario. And there's a word for it, a tree of some type. I don't remember what it's called, but it basically starts with uh, a couple of arguments like, um, does evil exist? Um, could God create a world without evil? Um, if yes, then why didn't he? Uh, if no, then he's not all powerful. You know, that that kind of basic thing. And the moderator jumped in and was ticked off that this person was posting that. And they were saying about how this is all they ever see. And it's just more, more new people posting the same old basic stuff. And it's just the same old stuff over and over and over. And why can't you people bring up anything new? If you're not going to talk about it, then don't post it and, you know, so on and so forth. And I honestly thought it was kind of petty because these things are more conversation starters. You post something like that and it gets a conversation going because it presents a controversial viewpoint after which you can talk about them. And yes, not many good conversations happen online, but I've had a number of really good ones and I thought a good one could come of this. But the moderator was over the top. And so I jumped in and I basically told him, look, dude, I work in a manufacturing plant. These are the questions that people struggle with more. You're not going to get into the big, deep philosophical conversations because most people are not philosophers. Most people just struggle with the basic questions and then uh, ask how the game went last night. So you're, you're, you're not really going to be getting the big, deep questions, you're going to get the surface-level questions. Why does evil exist? Well, if God is good, then why is there evil? Uh, does God exist? How can we know that God exists if he won't show himself? You're going to get those kinds of questions because those are the kinds of questions that actual people are going to have. And what I was trying to express to him was that if you're going to do anything in apologetics and philosophy, and you're going to be effective, then you're going to have to answer the same questions over and over and over. Anybody who's worked as, you know, a half-decent pastor knows that you're going to be answering a lot of the same basic questions over and over and over, and you're going to have to be good at answering those same basic questions. 
But the moderator was completely unwilling to take that approach. And I even double checked to, to make sure I wasn't coming off aggressive. And I, I did leave it on a positive note, but the moderator's just not having it. And that's a problem that I think a lot of churches are starting to have as well. I agree that the integrity of the word needs to be preserved. I do. And I want to see that from the Southern Baptist Convention. I don't know much about the new president. I know a lot of people that I'm close with are upset about it, but I don't know a lot myself. But one thing that I will say is, regardless of who the next president is, we've been doing a really terrible job of interacting with the culture because we're not dealing with the questions where they are. And here, I'm I'm going to try to segue this into the big point that I mentioned earlier in the podcast, how the question of God's existence is a bigger question than the question of suffering. But a big part of the reason why I make this podcast is because, and I'm making this kind of my tagline now, I'm going to be popping bubbles. Everywhere I go, every topic I bring up, I want to be popping bubbles. I mean, you name it. If, if there's a, a little pocket of Christianity that's not, you know, dealing with the issues the way they need to, gonna pop that bubble right there. I'm going to interject some knowledge that you may not have known before so that you have to deal with it. If you're in a political bubble where you're not taking in information from the other side, you're going to step right in and pop that bubble too. We don't have enough bubble poppers in the world. So the reason that I believe that the question of God's existence is bigger than the question of suffering, it kind of comes from two main points. And one of them you've heard before, and, uh, you know, it's been dismissed before. The question, you know, someone brings up, well, if God is good, why is there so much evil? And then you respond with saying, well... We don't have a God perspective. We don't understand everything. We don't have an infinite mind like he does. And so there's probably something that we don't understand. And for someone like me, that's satisfactory. I, see, I, I hear that and I go, oh, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've taken a strong stance on something and been wrong. So same thing could be said here. However, for a lot of people, that's not enough. You bring up that question and... It doesn't really go anywhere. Because it doesn't deal with the actual issue. God is not who we thought he was. You know, we we hear all the time that, you know, God is all loving and he uh and how uh he wants what's best for us, but then we look around us and we see we see young children being abused. We see that sex trafficking is still as prominent as it ever has been, even with all the busts that we make in, uh, I, th I think it was Atlanta where quite a few busts were made. Atlanta and Chattanooga where quite a few busts were made recently. It's still going to be prominent. And even if we can slow it or stop it in the U.S., we're only 400 million out of the 7 billion people in the world. Suffering is going to continue. You know, we can prosper here, but other countries are still going to starve. 
or a major ice storm will hit and knock out a, a whole state's power grid. Things are going to happen. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be death. People are going to die on the highway. They, they, us not having God's perspective doesn't change the fact that so much suffering exists. So we can't just do a one-off and just say, well, you're not accepting that because you're not of God and we... You're not of the Spirit, like 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says, and so you can't understand it because you're not of the Spirit. Well, pause, slow down. Because all of us who have been persuaded by a point of view know that for a long time we probably stood against this particular view. And then, over time, we started to find weaknesses in our belief system. And then, after that something finally shifted and broke it. Very few of us are going to read one argument and then suddenly have a changed mind. So what do we do then? Well, I, I, that's why I come in and I just kind of pop bubbles. Bubble to pop here. You writing one comment online is not going to change anybody's mind. Nobody. Honestly, if you think that, your mind is more likely to be changed than theirs. They're coming and they're putting in these rage comments. And if you're coming in with the heart of trying to change somebody's mind, your mind is more open than they are, and you're the one who's probably going to be changed by it. And I'm not saying give up on the online community, but we need to change our approach. We need to be able to deal with the arguments that people are bringing up. And part of how we do that is we need to wrestle with them ourselves. So I want to share with you one of the wrestlings that I had to do uh, in regards to the question of evil. And the big conclusion that I came to is no matter what we believe is right, no matter what we see and no matter what we think, we cannot change God. That's why I think that the question of God's existence is more important than the question of evil. Look, we could serve a wrathful God like Allah. We could serve a God who is angry and who is uh, harshly condemning, where you, you, you don't know if you have reached his approval until you're in heaven or before his throne. Like, we could serve a God like that. But I mean, you, you got to ask the question, if we're talking about a being that created everything else, all the rest of existence, does your belief that he is a bad God change that nature? No, it can't. You're talking about a being that has created all of existence. If you come up to, let's say, um, a construction worker, or let's say a, a, a construction planner, someone who's got the blueprints and they're uh, directing everybody on what they need to do. I mean, are you going to come up and tell them, hey, this is stupid. This is going to look really ugly. And then all of a sudden they can't do their job anymore? No. You've just thrown out a criticism that's probably not going to do anything except for make them a little bit more moody. You can't change the nature of God. You can understand the nature of God, but you can't change it. And that's why the question of God's existence is more important.
Most people who get upset about the question of evil, they leave the faith because of the question of evil. And, you know, if, if there's any of you who are listening right now, I mean, I understand the question of evil is a very difficult question. But, I mean, if you think you can erase the existence of God because you don't like the question of evil, you're in for a very unpleasant surprise. You can't change God. And you can't erase his existence because you don't like the answers. Now, I think there is a legitimate answer to the question of evil, and I think it does point in God's favor of being a loving and benevolent God who also deals in justice. Not injustice, but he also deals justice because that's who he is. He is a just God. He is as much a loving God as he is a God of justice. And I'd love to get into that now, but I think we'll save that for another day. I've actually got a clip from a recent-ish movie that brought the question back into popular culture. For now, though, I want to give you this encouragement. We may not love everything that we see about God. And yes, it, and that is because we are finite people and we don't have an eternal understanding because everything that we know except for God, if we believe in him, is temporary. Yada, yada, yada. But if all we can do is get to know God and understand who he is, then there's no more important task in the world than understanding who he is. And look, I'm I'm happy to take your questions. You can find me, um, you can find me on social media. Let me pull it up real quick because my uh, Twitter handle and my parlor handle are a little bit different. And I'd actually encourage you to do that. Shoot me a challenge. You can find me at Outta One, so at O U T T A O N E on Twitter, and just just make it a big public thing. Go ahead and just. You know, shoot it out into the world. It, it can be a, a criticism. It can be a question. And, um, you know, as long as there's not an overwhelming number of them, I'll address as many as I can. And you can also find me at Parlor, which I believe is just at one out of one. Also, if there's like maybe one of you on Minds, you can follow me on Minds too. Thank you guys very much for joining in. I love you guys. I want to thank you all for being faithful and checking in with me. See you all next time.